Grace, mercy, and peace to you from Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in college, I worked during the summers uh, at a grocery store, and I worked mainly in the meat department. And everything usually went went pretty smooth, uh, except one day, at the end of the day, accidentally left a little bit of meat out. Uh, and didn't, no one uh, noticed it or anything until the next day when I came in. And, of course, that meat was no good. It was rotten and definitely had a little bit of a smell to it. Uh, but that's what happens to meat without refrigeration. In the ancient world, a world without refrigeration, that's what happened to meat without the preservative of salt. That's also what happened to our world because of sin. We stink. We're beyond rotten. We're foul and getting fouler. God sent the prophet Isaiah to point out that fact to the people of his day. That they were fasting and and being religious outwardly, but inwardly they were rotten. That they were fasting, but then seeking their own pleasure. They were quarreling and fighting and oppressing. But what if Isaiah was here today? What would he say to us? Perhaps he would say it this way. You come to church in the morning, but then you go home and act as if you were never here. You speak the creed one moment and then gossip and post hurtful words the next. You confess your sin while planning your next one. You listen with your ears, but not with your hearts. You eat and drink the body and blood of Jesus and then feast on the pleasures of the world. And the good that you should be doing, where is that? Are you not rotten? Now that seems maybe a little harsh, But if we look squarely into the mirror of God's law, we see that it is absolutely true. And of that which is rotten, Jesus said, it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Because you can't make that rotten meat good again. And unless your righteousness goes from rottenness to exceeding that of the scribes and Pharisees, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. There is no rotten meat in heaven. There's no darkness in heaven either. But there certainly is here. We just hide it. We hide the darkness with our artificial lights. And not just the physical darkness, but even more the spiritual darkness that surrounds us. We say things like this. Technology will light the way to a better future. Science will scatter the darkness and give us a better life. Tolerance will help us to see things more clearly. But the truth is, the darkness is getting deeper and deeper. The preaching of tolerance is making us more intolerant. Science kills in the name of life. And the technology that connects us is also separating us. Real friends replaced with virtual friends and social media making us more unsocial than ever before. 
That's why God wasted no time in coming to Adam and Eve when they plunged themselves and the world into the darkness of sin. They were not only hiding from him and from each other, they were going mad. They needed light, a light of hope, a light to save them. They needed salt, the seasoning of God's grace. And we too absolutely need the light and salt of God and God alone. And God gave it to us in the garden that day, the light of a promise, the promise of a redeemer who would come and do away with the darkness, who would come and redeem the rotten. And that one was the one who in our gospel lesson was now speaking to the disciples. The light, the redeemer, come to do what God had so promised long ago. Only his words were perhaps not what you would expect. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. He doesn't say, I am these things, but he says, you are. And notice that's not a command that Jesus is giving them, but it's a statement. It's a reality. It's God's truth. This is who you are right now and forever in his grace. Which I'm sure raised the eyebrows of his disciples more than a little bit, as it should raise yours. Because if we know ourselves, we know the rottenness in us. But this teaches us something. It teaches us that we are not salt and light because we are so good or because we're better than others. It's not because of our own righteousness. A quick look into our hearts would certainly reveal that. So something must happen. Something must bring about a change. It's because we are with the one who is our righteousness, who gives us our saltiness and light. He who came not just for the world, but for each and every one of us. Jesus makes us what we could not be. Jesus became rotten for the rotten, to redeem the world, to redeem us. He entered this world of darkness to enlighten us. And what we could never, ever do, he did. For his his was the righteousness that exceeded that of the scribes and the Pharisees. Notice that, didn't, that Jesus didn't say this about the law. He didn't say, oh, that law, don't worry about that. Those are just suggestions. Just do the best you can. That's not what Jesus says. Because the law is God's word. It is good. It is important. And so instead, Jesus followed the law. All of it. He fulfilled it. Not so that we could now ignore it, but so that we could now do it too. And so Jesus did two things. First, he fulfilled every iota and dot of the law, doing all of it. And then he also took every iota and dot of its condemnation in our place. Every bit of rottenness that we are, Jesus took, was consumed by it, and was thrown out and trampled underfoot for it. So that in the rising from the grave and the stench of death, he would bring us with him. 
to life again. No longer rotten, no longer in the darkness, but raised and alive in him, and now citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And that's why St. Paul said that in his preaching, he decided to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Because that's what made the difference in him and in his hearers. It's not our work. It's Jesus. It's his work. It's not our own righteousness or our own saltiness, our own light. But it's through Christ and through Christ alone. And then, then what is his is given to us. He puts us into himself that we go with him through death to life again. And he puts himself into us so that he now lives in us in baptism absolution and the Lord's Supper doing just that. His word forgiving us and enlightening us, insulting us, putting us into Jesus and Jesus into us, that we might be what he makes us and says that we are, salt and light. So it's not really us, it's him in us. And so you really are salt and light in a dark and rotten world, to preserve a rotting world, a city on a hill to enlighten a darkened world. Wherever Jesus puts you, wherever he sends you, doing good works, which is not just doing good things. Good works are Jesus works, salt works, light works, because he is the good one who makes you good and who does good through you and through you for others. And so what he did, you do. And what you do, he does. He uses you, each and every one of you, for his good. It may not always seem like much, the things that you do. And sometimes it may even seem like an impossible task to be salt and light in the world. But don't worry about that. Let Jesus worry about that. You Do what's been given you to do. Be who Jesus made and recreated you to be. And brothers and sisters in Christ, you might be surprised at what a little salt and light can do. What a little salt and light in the hands of Jesus can do. And remember that the fact that there is no rotten meat in heaven doesn't mean that you won't be there. It means that what you could not do, which is make yourself unrotten, Jesus 100% did for you. And so, yes, you'll be there, too, in the kingdom of heaven. In fact, you already are in Christ, for there is no rottenness in him. And so your righteousness is off the charts in Christ. And so be who you are for others. Sharing, feeding, clothing, giving, lighting, seasoning, praying, serving. For again, as St. Paul said, you have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. His righteousness, his forgiveness has been freely given to us to live in them now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.